day. The church is going to be empty this week because Elizabeth and I are going to Jacksonville, Florida. Hallelujah. We're leaving on Tuesday. So don't uh, come, if you come calling, just, uh, it's going to sit there for a week. So uh, <laughs> I'll be back, we'll be back on Friday anyways, and, and be back preaching on Sunday. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, I'm going to be looking at verses 33 through 39. Isn't that awesome about the youth? What an investment. Hallelujah. I'm so excited for Pastor Tom and Carol to be here and. And really reach out to the youth. Amen. They need our help though. Amen. They need our help. Mark 15, 33 through 39. says, Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Look, he is calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink, saying, Let, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him, opposite of him, saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said this, the soldier said, truly this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Les and Joseph and Salome, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee, and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Now today's message, I entitled it, The Cross Said It All. The cross said it all. The meaning of the cross speaks around the world today. I mean, someone can see the cross, and what's the, the absolute, what name comes to their mind? Jesus. Jesus. The cross says it all. The cross said it all. Now, I want to share with you today just a few points of what the cross of Jesus Christ reveals to us today. Number one, the cross reminds us of God's love for humanity and that our God is a giver. He loves to give good gifts. Uh, come on, say, our God, our God is, a is a giver. He loves to give me good gifts. Go to John 3, 16. Very popular scripture here. He is. He's a giver. He loves to give. He takes pleasure in it. Hallelujah. John 3, 16, very popular in 17. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. No, God didn't send Jesus in the, into the world so that some would reject him and go to hell. That's not the will of God. Amen? He sent him into the world so that people would take on to the provision that Jesus made for them to take their sins away. He for God so loved that he gave. Our God's a giver. He loves us. He so loved us. See, you just don't give something up that's so precious and dear to you and send it, uh, your child, your child, how would you love to send your child somewhere just knowing that he's going to take the sin of humanity, get beaten to a pulp, and hung on a bloody cross? Would you do it? 
Would you give your child up for that kind of torture? No, absolutely. But God did. Why? Because he so loved the world. You see, Buddha, Hare Krishna, Muhammad, and all the others didn't die for the sins of mankind. Only the Lord Jesus Christ did. Only Jesus claimed to be God. Only the grave that Jesus was in is empty. You go to all the other ones and their dead bones are still in there. Amen? But listen, our God is a generous giver. He's always mindful of our needs. Go to Luke 11. Go to Luke chapter 11. Hallelujah. Boy, if we would just get this soaked into our spirits, hallelujah, renew it in our minds, to know that our God is a generous giver. And you know you don't have to sit there and beg all day long when you pray to him. He wants to give it to you more than you need, more than you need it. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Luke 11, 9 through 13. If that desire is scriptural, by the way. Amen. God, listen to this. So Jesus said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. See, we got a lot of people asking, but we don't have a lot of seekers. Are you seeking the face of God, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? All right, now verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Listen to this. If you then, or if human beings being evil, how to know to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly Father gives the Holy Spirit to them that ask. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it's interesting, he puts this, uh, this just came to me, he puts this in the context of giving good gifts, and then he mentions the Holy Spirit. This tells me that when you have the Holy Spirit operating in your life, and you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have more gifts follow you in your life. You're going to have more of the benefits of the gospel, amen? See, God wants to pour the gift of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh. All those that made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life have a right to ask for the Holy Spirit baptism. Have you yet? Just ask him. Say, Father, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. You said if I asked that you would give it. You would give a him. Amen? Hallelujah. And then the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to the other blessings. He's going to show you how to pray. He's going to show you how to live your life victoriously on this earth. The Word of God in another scripture says this. Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. In other words, it's the good pleasure in God the Father blessing you. God wants to bless you. God takes pleasure in it. He gets joy into giving you and I good things. Amen? All you have to do is be a kingdom seeker. You have to seek first the kingdom of God. And then the Bible says all these things will be added unto you. Don't you love it? Don't you want more things to be added into your life that's good? Amen? Well, seek first the kingdom of God then. Hallelujah. Put him first in your life so, so you don't tie his hands from blessing you. Amen? Hallelujah. Next, the cross reminds us of the authority that we as Christians have over Satan, over evil spirits, and over circumstances in life. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Satan and evil spirits, they hate the message of the cross. Amen? Why? Because it was their total and utter defeat. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. Now, hold, listen. All right. Thank you, you two. Now, listen. Colossians 1, hallelujah, 13 through 14. It says, He, Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us. King James says, or translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. You see, once you make Jesus Lord of your life, you are now a member of God's family. You've been redeemed out of Satan's grip, grip legally. Legally, experientially, that's up to you to take hold of the benefits and to use the authority that God has given you. But legally, Satan has no right. No, unless you give him right, unless you back away from your authority or you're back into willful sin and you just open the door and let him walk back in. Are you hearing me? But listen to me, Jesus loosed the grip of Satan on our lives once you made Jesus Lord of your life and you're ready to surrender to him. Now the word conveyed or as the King James said, translated into the kingdom of God's dear son or the son of his love. Listen to this. It's in the context of an army being deported back home from an enemy's camp. Think about this now. Being deported, being conveyed back into the, being transported into the kingdom of God. Coming out of the enemy's camp, out of Satan's grip. Isn't that powerful? Oh, you'll get it later. Just chew on it for a bit. Hallelujah. But anyways, it, spiritually speaking, in Christ, we have been rescued. We are that army that's being pulled out of the enemy's camp when you made Jesus Lord of your life. In Christ, the chains have no legal right to remain. In Christ, the prison door has been unlocked and the door has been opened. But we got too many Christians who are sitting in that prison cell still and the door is open. And they're begging God to deliver them, and God's saying, no, you, you use your authority. I've given it to you. Now get up and walk out of this prison cell. But they won't. They just sit there while the door is open. Why? There's no chains on them anymore once they're in Christ. But they don't know that unless they find out the benefits in the will. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, so we as Christians need to partake of the provisions, partake of the benefits in Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 2 now. Colossians chapter 2, 13 through 15. I want to read here. It says, And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made us alive together with him. So before you came to Christ, you were dead in your sins. All right? It says, He now... In Christ has made us alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements. In other words, you, you don't have to go and sacrifice a lamb anymore. You don't have to go do all the rituals that you found in the Old Testament. You don't have to do that because Christ became our lamb. He was sacrificed for us. He took the punishment for us. Are you hearing me? Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. In other words, we couldn't even keep the requirements. In fact, the old covenant wasn't put into place to save anyone. It was put into place, Galatians says, to be our schoolmaster, to bring us to Christ. 
when you read all the requirements, people get over, they'll get overwhelmed and say, well, I can't do this. Well, that's the point. Jesus did, so you don't have to do that. Amen? All right, so listen. Having disarmed, verse 15, Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, of them triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Jesus, like I said, Jesus disarmed the enemy. In fact, he made a public spectacle out of them. And when we as Christians are exercising our authority that we have in the name of Jesus, you also are making a public embarrassment and spectacle out of Satan and evil spirits. Are you hearing me? When we have our healing service and we're laying hands on the sick, we're casting out devils, we're doing everything the word tells us to do, we're making a spectacle out of Satan and and, and demon spirits. Why? Because we're doing it all in the name of Jesus and Satan hates it. And it embarrasses him. It ticks him off. And I love it. Amen? Hallelujah. Go to Mark 11. I want to show you something here. Hallelujah. We do have work to do, body of Christ, on this earth. We've got work to do. It's not just all about you just saying a little prayer. No, fire insurance. No, no. Once you get saved, there's work to do now. It's time to go make a spectacle of Satan and evil spirit. Let's go get people delivered. Let's go get them born again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Is there a circumstance in your life that's coming against you? You need to speak to that mountain. Well, now you're getting into word of faith stuff. No, I'm getting into Bible stuff. Amen? Is there a mountain of sickness or disease in your body? Speak the word of God to that mountain. Speak the word of God to that situation. Believe in what it says. Not what you think it means. No, this is not some kind of allegory Jesus was saying. I believe he, he literally meant when you step out in faith and you, hey, he spoke to storms. And in fact, he rebuked, he rebuked the disciples because they didn't do anything. He said, why are you so fearful? In other words, why wake me up and have me do it when you could have done it? God, Jesus gave them authority when, to cast out devils and do all that and heal the sick, right? But anyways, speak the word of God to your situation. What, what's coming against you? What is it? Speak to that situation. And when you speak the word of God over your situation, now listen to me, this might freak some people out, but it's the truth. Listen, if you're not used to hearing this message, when you speak the word over your situation, it is just as if Jesus himself is speaking to it. When you speak the word of God over a situation, when you take a scripture and you say, "Uh uh-uh, no way, devil, you're not going to have it. The word of God says this. It's just as if Jesus himself is speaking to that mountain. Why? Because all you're doing is giving voice to the word of God. You're giving voice to his word. That's it. Now think about it. You you chew on that for for a, a few days. That'll build your faith over whatever you're going through in your life. 
The Bible says that the word of God will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it was sent to do. All right? So you need to find out what, what problem are you having in your life. You need to go through the word of God. You need to find out scriptures that deal with that problem and speak the word of God. Speak that scripture that promises a way out of that problem and speak that scripture to that situation. Sound crazy? Try it. Step out. Believe God once in your life. Amen? Believe what he said. Believe what he said. Hallelujah. So send the word of God in that situation by giving voice to it. Plant the seed of God's word in that situation and watch it grow. Watch the word of God grow. You'll see results spring forth. Amen? Next, the cross reminds us that Satan and evil spirits are not all-knowing and they're not all-powerful, but our God is. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So many people reverence the devil more than they do God, and I'm sick of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2. Hallelujah. 7 through 8. says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God which God ordained from the ages from, for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Who's called the God of this world, the Bible says? Satan. He's called the God, and, and it's with a small g. You can look it up in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It says Satan is the God of this world, which is a small g, meaning over the world system that's, that's dominating all the, all the junk of abortion and, and, and all the sin of the world. Satan is, is heading up all that, basically. All right? Which none of the rulers knew, Rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the, the Lord of glory. Listen to me. Satan and evil spirits, they're not all powerful. They're not all knowing. They're not all knowing because they, the word of God says they would not have crucified Jesus. See, but in all the anger, in all the, the wrath that Satan and evil spirits could muster up, they motivated the individuals who brought Jesus to the cross and beat him to a pulp, but little did they know that every, every beat, every stripe they put on his back, every time his blood gushed out of his body, when they were nailing him to the cross, it was their utter defeat. And the Bible says, if they would have known it, it they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen? For if they were all powerful and all knowing, surely they would have stopped Jesus from going to the cross. But they couldn't. They couldn't. Amen? The wisdom of God got them, baffled them, disarmed them. Amen? Now look at 1 Corinthians 2 9 and 10, just below there. It says this But as it is written, so it just got done saying that the enemy. They didn't know the wisdom of God. They didn't know the, the mystery that God had in Christ. So it says if they would have known, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have made him hung on the, hang on the cross because that was Satan's utter defeat. But then it goes on to say, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit or by the Holy Spirit for the things of the spirit Oh, for the, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Listen, we as Christians have an advantage over the enemy, over Satan and evil spirits when we allow ourselves as Christians to be led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is our helper. 
He's our guide. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He'll let you know when Satan's trying to pull a fast one up on you. He'll let you know when Satan's trying to put something in your mind and trying to deceive you. Are you hearing me? I said, we as Christians, when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we have, we have one up on the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Word of God says, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. Now think about those Christians who don't utilize the, the partnership and friendship of the Holy Ghost. Well, they're just getting their butt kicked all over the earth. They're getting their butt kicked with sickness and disease. They're getting their butt kicked everywhere. Are you hearing me? That's right. I said butt. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I didn't make a mistake there. Amen. Because they are. But the Holy Spirit is right there to show us how to deal with the enemy in each situation we encounter. Hallelujah. Now, the cross reminds us that we can have a new beginning and a glorious future in spite of what has happened in the past. Think about this. In the world's eyes, you may be the underdog. In the world's eyes, Jesus Christ was the underdog. Jesus Christ looked like just a, a little lost puppy. He looked like just a piece of meat hanging up on that cross when he was, he was battered and bruised and just bleeding profusely. Boy, though in the world's eyes, he was the underdog. But he's the Lord of glory. And whatever you've been through in your past, wherever you've been, the cross can bring you, bring you out of that pit. Amen? Hallelujah. It will bring new life. Go to Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah, I know. There's some in here your parents told you, you couldn't, you're not going to amount to anything in life. You're not going to do anything. You're stupid. You're foolish. But the cross has something else to say about that situation. Hallelujah. The word of God has something to say about it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For this is God speaking to you. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. In spite of who you were, what you've done, through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you can accomplish the impossible. Hallelujah. Let the world think you're an underdog. You know what? Jesus let the world, when he walked this earth, he let the world think that he was an underdog. Amen. It says he didn't revile against them. He didn't come back. When Pilate came and made accusations against him, it said Jesus just kept his mouth shut. Go ahead. Let those individuals, let your family think that you're the underdog. But you know what? They're going to eat their words when you truly commit to Jesus Christ and you can accomplish the impossible. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The cross represents death to your past sins and failures. Whatever part of your life that is out of God's will, that you bring to the cross, that you bring to Jesus, know this, that God will resurrect that area of your life. You got a bondage today? Bring it to the cross and lay it at the feet of the Savior. And God will resurrect that area of your life. Are you hearing me? Wherever the cross, is, the cross is found in your life, there you will experience God's resurrection power. 
If there's an area of your life that you're overcome by the enemy or by the flesh, you haven't brought that part to the cross yet. Amen? Just beyond the cross, you will find new life. Lay it down at the cross and let's go beyond. And let's go to the resurrection power. Are you hearing me? Jesus didn't stay on the cross. Amen? He didn't stay on the cross. He came down, he was in that grave, and he was resurrected. And this is the word of the Lord today. Whatever part of your life you're in bondage to or, or that you're, you're feeling overcome by, bring it to the cross and let God resurrect that area of your life. Amen? Hallelujah. The cross also reminds us that we are not able to save ourselves apart from Christ. Go to Ephesians 2. Oh, there, there are just so many people on this earth, you know, who are just basing their whole eternal destination on the good that they do. Well, I gave money to the March of Dimes there at Kmart when I was in line. She asked me if I wanted to give a dollar, and I said, yes, I did good. Give me a break. Yeah, that was nice of you, but that still is not powerful enough to take your sin away. The cross reminds us that we are not able to save ourselves apart from Christ. Look at this, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. What is that saying now? Is that saying that your good works as a Christian don't matter? No, that's not what it's saying at all. What it's saying is this. That we, as human beings, when we were in our sin, we did not do enough good works to cause God to send Jesus to the earth to make salvation available. Are you hearing me? And if you don't think I'm right, go ahead. Say a little prayer, live like the devil, and let's see if you make it into heaven for eternity. Who's willing to take that chance? I'm not. What it's saying is we didn't, there's nothing good in humanity when, when God decided to put the plan of salvation into motion. Are you hearing me? Nothing. Nothing good. That's why it's by grace, by his unmerited favor, that he put the plan of salvation even into motion. Don't let someone come up and tell you and say, see, see, it, it's not of work. See, it means we don't have to live holy as a Christian. It's not saying that at all. Don't be deceived. Amen? Like Paul said, who bewitched you into thinking that? Remember that message I gave? Now listen, if we could have saved ourselves by our own power, then Jesus Christ was an absolute nut. He was an absolute fool for taking such abuse and dying such a horrible death. This is the thing that every person has to decide in their mind. Is Jesus Christ who he claimed to be and said who he was, is he really that? Or was he a nut or an absolute fool for dying and calling himself God? That is the very thing that every human being on the face of this earth who comes into this earth has to decide who is Jesus Christ who he says he is, or is he a fool and a nut for taking such abuse and dying such a horrible death on that cross? 
Someone once told a story about a man that went into one of the finest and most expensive restaurants in town. He went in there and he, he said, waitress, give me, give me a, a menu. I'm ready. I'm ready to pick some stuff out here. So he gets that menu and he looks and he orders every ex, the most expensive items on that menu. I mean, just everything without thinking. I want this, this, this. The most expensive thing. And finally, later on, the waitress came back to give him the bill. And the man was taken back. He's like, what's this? What's this? I didn't didn't think I had to pay for this. Now, that's pretty foolish, isn't it? He rang up a bill that he wasn't able to pay. He didn't think of the consequences of the choices that he made. And there are millions of unsaved people living on the face of this earth who are not thinking of their eternal destination. And they're not thinking and knowing that there's a day of reckoning come when, when the bill's going to be handed to them if they don't let Jesus pick up the tab by believing in him. Spiritually speaking, every human being has a debt of sin that they are not able to pay. Only Jesus Christ can pay your bill in full through his death, burial, and resurrection. Only faith in Jesus Christ and his shed blood can wash away your sins. The question is, will you accept his provision in your life today? Or will you be like that man in the restaurant and keep ringing up your bill of sin, not even thinking about the eternal consequences? Only a spiritually blinded fool would say that there is no God. Only a spiritually blinded fool would not admit that he's a sinner and has sin. Only a spiritually blinded fool would never uh, take time to open the Bible and read what it has to say and find out what Jesus Christ has to offer them. Only a spiritually blinded fool would allow themselves to once be in a walk in relationship with Jesus and then allow themselves to fall out of grace, to fall from grace and allow their names to be blotted out of the book of life. Only a fool would do that. Only a spiritually blinded fool would give up the provision that Jesus Christ made for him and for her on the cross of Calvary. Only a spiritually blinded fool would not consider what's going to happen to them when they take their last breath and die. Only a spiritual fool would throw those things to the side. You know, it's time to wake up and consider your standing before Almighty God. This is what boggles my mind now. Most people plan their whole life. They plan their whole life for a span of 15 to 20 years of retirement, but never take into consideration eternal, their eternal destination or eternal life. And you, I'll tell you what, you look at that 15 to 20 year span in the light of eternal life, what a, what a vapor. That's how blinded Satan has individuals on the face of this earth. And that's why Satan will do everything he can do 
to keep people from stepping into a Christian church. That's why he'll do everything he can do to crunch finances on ministries by talking people into not tithing and giving to the work of the Lord to promote the gospel. That's why Satan will do everything he can do to stop the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wake up. Boy, if Christians would get if Christians would get a hold of this, they get so wrapped up in self and they're not thinking of the individuals who I'll tell you they're walking the tightrope of eternity right now. They know. They once maybe did say a sinner's prayer, but you ask them, hey, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? And they're like, I don't know. Those individuals, do you know you could, your heart could stop right now? And you're banking on hoping you're saved. Hoping that you're not going to see the fiery pits of hell. Hope. When you can know for a fact that heaven can be your destination. But you rather just walk the tightrope. And when you take your last breath, either God's angels are going to carry you up to heaven or the demons of hell are going to suck you into the flames. Your choice. Your choice. I went to a church when I grew up for 18 years that never laid it out like this. Never, never, never an altar call, never an opportunity for someone to give their life to Christ. While people are dying like flies in this church, and they're walking that tightrope. You know what? That minister, these ministers who are doing this, who are just playing church, they're going to give an account to God on the day of judgment and say, Why didn't you tell them? You sold out the word of God so you could have a bigger church and not offend people. I'd rather offend you and know you're going to heaven than not offend you and send you to hell for eternity. Your choice. Hallelujah. So you, you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life and live forever in heaven or reject what Jesus has done for you Then you'll live forever in the lake of fire with Satan and his angels, the Bible says. Too many people walk in the tightrope. There, there's obviously too many people who, is, who have never made Jesus Lord of their life. That's just a no-brainer. But there's too many people who call themselves Christians walk in the tightrope. Who absolutely have no security knowing that they're going to go to heaven. They don't know. Laura, come on up here. And there's some in this place, maybe someone tuning me in on the radio once in a while, listening on the internet. Someone in this place, maybe you only step into a church once, at best twice a year. That means that I or other ministers have that many opportunities to stop you from getting that much closer to the fiery pits of hell. I take my job seriously. I take my calling seriously as a pastor, as a minister of Jesus Christ. Amen? Too many people walking the tightrope. 
Too many people walk in the tightrope. But listen, it's your choice. You cannot stand before God one day. You cannot stand before him one day and say, God, why are you sending me to hell? No, he says, you're sending yourself there because I made the provision through my son. But you were too prideful. You enjoyed sin too much. You enjoyed your own life too much to lose your life to gain life. The cross said it all. It speaks the truth of God's love. It speaks the reality of the Creator. But do you receive the message of the cross? the story of God's redemption plan how Jesus died to take our sins away but my finest words cannot express what one old rugged tree said best for nail to it was all god had to say the cross said it all the cross Through 
stand up in this place you know if there's someone in here who needed a kidney or needed an organ and someone was willing to give them theirs imagine how thankful that individual would be who needed it how much more how that you need more stock we need to put into the blood of Jesus you need that more than any other physical part I'm talking to two classes of people right now number one if you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm speaking to you right now first off. You need him. You need him or you die and live in eternity in, in the lake of fire forever. It's that simple. You can't earn it on your own. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, now's the time to come forward and I wanna pray with you to become born again made alive spiritually have your sins washed away in the blood of jesus number two i'm talking to those christian those people who call themselves christians that's walking the tightrope you don't know what side you'd fall if you took your last breath right now too big of a gamble too big of a gamble you need to come up here this morning you need to rededicate your life to him you need to make it right so that you know that you know. And don't care, I don't care what age you are. Oh yeah, but I, I'm only 17, I'm good. I got many more years. No, no, no. Oh no. No, no, that's, deci that's deception. I know many, 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 many high schoolers, many, many young kids that have died at a very young age. 
and they said the same thing you did, but now it's too late for them. They made their decision. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Those two people, I want you to come forward. Those two kinds of individuals, I want you to come forward. You feel the Holy Spirit tugging on you. You need to obey him this morning because that tug might not be there be there any other time. This may be the time where he needs to reach you. You need to come forward today. Become born again and to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Maybe there's some in here. You're a Christian. You love the Lord. You think your Christian life is boring. You need to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Takes you into a whole new dimension in your Christian walk. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come forward this morning. I'm going to pray over you. Maybe you're the one that I was talking about who had a sickness and disease in your body. You need prayer today. You need the name of Jesus applied to that situation. I want you to come forward. Maybe you have an emotional problem. Maybe you're suicidal. Maybe you got depression. Maybe you're bipolar. Maybe, 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 maybe you just got a whole bunch of junk from de the devil that he's putting on you and you need some freedom today. I want you to come to this altar. The rest of you worship the Lord. I'm telling you, if there's someone in here who's not saved or on the fence, on that tightrope, you need to come forward this morning. Worship the Lord as a music leader.
here walking that tightrope. There's someone in here who has not made that full commitment to Christ. God's tugging on your heart today. God's tugging on your heart today. I know maybe you're embarrassed to come forward. How, how important is your eternal destination to you is the question. Are you willing to confess Christ before all? Closet Christianity doesn't work. Tried it. Doesn't work. Just step out. Step out. I want to pray with you. place knowing that you're forgiven knowing that you have a new start my 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 don't let the devil cheat you out of that but it's your choice it's your choice whoever you are you can do it your way you can do it your way it's all right your way right away that's all right yep but don't come running to me on judgment day say pastor james you never told me you never gave me an opportunity do it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, the name which is above every name. Hallelujah. It's the name that can change your eternal destination. It's a name that has healing in it. It's a name that has deliverance in it. Hallelujah. The name that has prosperity, wholeness for every area of your life. If you're on that, that fence, come to this altar. I don't know how many times I gotta say it, but the Holy Ghost is saying there's someone in here. If you were to die right now, you know you're gonna you're, you'd go to hell. You know it. You need to come to this altar and make it right. You need to make it right right now. Make the plea. All I can do is make the plea. The rest is up to you. That's it. Yes, you have. 
Or can you say maybe? If you say maybe, you need to be at this altar right now for prayer. With your love, you set me free. Hallelujah. Three nails gave me liberty. Three nails gave me liberty through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My God, I'll sing your praise. It's available to all. Available to all. can be wiped away with the blood of Jesus. Why you want to hold on to the junk? Let Jesus take it and throw it to the depths of the sea. The altar's still open. Someone's on the, on the uh, tightrope. Someone's unsafe in this place. You have a new birthday right now. New birthday. Become born again. If I send into the sky, I'll be having night. I cannot run your love. This chasing me. If I fall into the sea, your hand will rescue me. No one will take your place. Nothing can take the place of Jesus. Money can't take the place. Alcohol can't take the place. Drugs can't take the place. Sex can't take the place. Nothing. Nothing. You're the king of Religion can't even take the place of Jesus. You're the king of You're the king of Is he your king today? That's the question. He's a generous giver. He's a liberal giver. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for what you've done in this service today. Father, I pray for every individual here, any individual that is unsaved that did not come to this altar, any ind individual that's walking that tightrope who would fall in hell if they took their last breath right now. Father, I pray that they would not take their last breath until you send laborers into their path that they would not get any rest until they make Jesus Lord of their life. That we would not lose another one to the pits of hell for eternity. In Jesus' name, and they all said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, come on Wednesday. The youth are going to be doing the, uh, um, that skit. Come on out. Support the youth. And... Uh, 
Elizabeth and I will try to bring back some sun from Jacksonville, Florida. Amen. Going to see Rodney Howard Brown, who we've been watching on Wednesday. So hopefully we can take some fire back home with us. Amen. Be blessed.